Y'all know how I like to be real and honest. Well, let's be real and honest. Jesus did some kind of strange things when he walked around on this earth. And our scripture today is one of the strangest healings of Jesus that's recorded in, in any of the four Gospels. Some have called this healing the, the healing that took two times to get it right. This is a strange passage of Scripture. This, this Scripture, as we go through this this morning, is going to raise more questions than it's going to provide answers. And that's hard for us because we like to know the answers. We like to know what's going on. Well, this, is a, this Scripture raises so many questions. So if, if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to keep them open because I want us to go through this amazing story. It... it this took place in Bethsaida. Bethsaida was a fishing village on the Sea of Galilee. It's the hometown of Simon Peter and Andrew and Philip, three of Jesus' disciples. Bethsaida is the place where Jesus fed 5,000 people. One of those miracles in uh, Mark chapter 6, or as Steve Harvey calls it, the biggest fish fry in history. Now, when this account starts in verse 22, there's something strange that happens. Jesus heals this blind man, right? But look at how this starts. Some people came to Jesus and begged him to heal this man. Blind man didn't even ask for Jesus to heal him. People went to Jesus, please heal this guy. So I guess we need to ask the question. Here's our first question. Did the man want to be healed? We would assume he would, but the Bible doesn't tell us. It just says that these people begged for Jesus to heal him. So then in verse 23, we see Jesus. He, he, he takes the man by the hand, and he leads him out of the village, out into the countryside. Now, it doesn't say that anybody else was with them, including those people who begged Jesus to heal him. He takes him by the hand, pulls him out into the countryside. Now, why didn't Jesus heal him in the village? He was right there. Was, it, was there just too much commotion going on? We, we don't know. He takes the guy out of the village to do this. And then we get this really weird healing. The version that Jared read really doesn't give it justice. What Jesus did, I mean, he didn't just place saliva on the man's eyes. He spit at the guy. That's what Jesus did. He spits in the guy's eyes. Now, I don't care what culture you're from, that's offensive. And it's a little unsanitary. I don't know what germs Jesus was spreading around to spit into somebody's eyes. Why didn't Jesus just say, you're healed? No, he had to go spit the guy's eyes. And then he takes his hand and he rubs the spit in. I mean, what is going on? Jesus? Now, you kids, don't spit on your brother and say, well, Jesus did it, and that's not what we're talking about. Why didn't Jesus just tell him he's healed? We don't know. 
The Bible passage doesn't tell us. And then it gets strange again. Because Jesus asks him a question. Can you see anything? Think about that question. Why would Jesus even ask that question? It's like Jesus saying, did it work? I mean, this is Jesus. Don't you think he would know if his healing worked? Why would he have to question it? He's God. Did he not know if he healed the man or not? Again, Mark, who wrote this, doesn't tell us. So the man replies in verse 24. He says, well, I can see people, but they look like trees walking around. Okay, let's do a timeout for a second. Can I call a timeout in a sermon? I guess I just did. All right, this is for all you nerds out there. You ready? Nerd alert, nerd alert. Is this where Tolkien got his idea for the Ents in Lord of the Rings? Trees walking around? Okay, back to our sermon. I had to go there. Sorry, I had to go there. So, the man was seen blurry. His eyesight wasn't totally restored. He had like 2,400 vision or something like that. So Jesus does it again. He lays his hands on the man's eyes one more time. Now why didn't he spit? We don't know. But this time, you guess he, he wasn't going to spit at the guy again. So he just rubs his eyes again. And this time, the man looks intently. And his eyesight is restored. And he sees everything clearly. He's healed. Did you notice something as we went through this recapturing of the scripture? When this man focuses intently, it's the first time in this event in his life that he's taking responsibility for himself. See, all the other time in, this, in these short verses, people are doing something for him. The people ask Jesus to heal him. Jesus takes him by the hand and goes out to the city. Jesus spits in his eyes and rubs it in. And the guy opens his eyes. But it's not until Mark says that he focused intently that his eyesight is restored. See, sometimes we go through life with a blurry relationship with God. We think that Christ touches our life once. And that's all we need. All right, I went down front, gave my life to Jesus, did the church thing, I'm good to go. Once and you're good. But our relationship with God is blurry. We don't give God all of who we are. And so Jesus isn't clear to us. We can't see the world the way that Jesus wants us to see the world. 
And then sometimes I think we allow our faith to be led around by other people. Just like this man allowed his friends and family to take the lead in his healing. He said, well, yeah, my parents are a member of a church, so I guess I am. We live our faith through somebody else. And that leads to a blurry relationship, to a weak relationship with God. And then other times we become so lazy in our relationship with Jesus that we can't even tell that our spiritual vision is blurry. And then there's some of us that invite Jesus to touch our lives, but only in part. We don't want God to be the God of all of our lives. Lord, I'll give you this part and this part. I'll negotiate on this part. But this part of my life, no. This is mine. And when we do that, when we pick and choose what parts of the Christian life we want to have, that's like a fast food relationship. That's a faith. We don't want a faith. A fast food relationship with God, that's not what he wants. Jesus invites us to give all of who we are to him. I remember the first time I was eight years old, I went to the eye doctor, and I realized for the first time how blurry my vision really was. Anybody ever have a moment like that? I remember saying, whoa, Dad, those trees have leaves on them. I'd been walking around not even realizing that I couldn't see. Some of us have a relationship with God that way. We we don't realize how blurry our relationship with God has become. It's just like when we put on new glasses or pop in those new contacts. See, Jesus wants our relationship with him to be crystal clear. When Jesus touches our lives, we're able to see the world differently than we did before. People aren't just like blurred images that walk by. We can see them clearly as individuals that God loves. Now, as we look at this passage of Scripture, as we look at this story... We can't ignore verse 26. When you start a story, you've got to finish it. And verse 26 continues this strange account. Jesus tells the man, go home, but don't go into the village. That's a strange thing to say. It's as if Jesus is saying, go home, but don't go home. See, this man lived in the village. The village was his home. It's all he knew. As a blind man, he wanted his surroundings to be familiar to him. You know, folks who have a hard time seeing count the steps. Go three steps, you know there's a wall there. Take another step this way, you know there's a table. They want the surroundings to be familiar to them. This man living his life as a blind person needed his surroundings to be the same so he wouldn't get lost, so he wouldn't run into things. But Jesus tells him, go home, but don't go home. 
Jesus didn't want the man to go back to his old ways. The people in, back in the village, remember, it was just Jesus and this man out in the village, outside. The people back there were the same. The village was the same. But the man had changed. Jesus had touched his life. Jesus is telling this man, go home, but don't go back to your life the way you knew it. See, from time to time, we all experience events in our lives that have a profound spiritual impact on us. It could be a retreat. It could be a a conference we attend. It could be Sunday morning worship. And in these times, we we encounter God in in a real way. But you know, other people in our lives may not have had a spiritual experience like we've had. These moments on on Sunday morning are are wonderful. I look forward to every Sunday morning. We should thank God for moments like these. But it's in the everyday life, outside these walls, beyond this property, that our faith in Jesus is put to the test. Not necessarily in here. Jesus is saying to each one of us this morning, when you leave this place, go out back into the world, but don't go back to life as it was before you came to worship this morning. Because every time we gather to worship God, every time we open up God's word, it should change us. And our lives shouldn't be like they were before we worship God, before we did a Bible study, before we do anything for God. So how do we do that? I mean, that's tough. I think it comes from a desire to truly want to follow Christ. Sometimes we're like that blind man who who was taken to Jesus by other people. He He didn't even ask for the healing. Listen, do... Here's another honest question. Do you really want Jesus to touch your life? I would hope so. But I can't assume that you do. Only you can decide that, just like only I can decide that. We can't assume that anybody wants Jesus in their life. We have to be intentional about our relationship with Jesus. And once we give our lives to God, we can't go back to our old way of doing things. We just can't. We have to let go of those influences that drive us away from Jesus, whatever they are. Because once we've experienced Jesus for ourselves, who would want that old life anyway? Those bad influences in our lives could be things. They could be people. They could be certain movies or music or places that are just bad for us. Y'all, we have to let those things go. We have to let them go. 
whatever it is that blurs our relationship with Jesus has no place in our lives. I remember working with, 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 with young people and they would date folks who don't have the same commitment to Christ that they do and they say, yeah, but I'm going to change them. Unfortunately, the change used to go the other way. Let me ask you a question. This is a sermon full of questions, isn't it? Does your life need a second touch from Jesus today? Maybe Christ has touched your life, but your relationship with him is just still kind of blurry. You're still trying to figure it all out. You know, all those temptations that were there before you came here today are still out there waiting for you. Temptations have no power over us. They don't. Don't allow the culture around you, don't allow the people in your life to keep your relationship with Jesus just a blurry mess. Because giving your life to Jesus brings a joy that is absolutely indescribable. I can't describe what it's like living for Jesus. I can't. But I know what it's like. Once you've experienced Jesus, you don't ever want to go back to your old life. And it's not all rainbows and unicorns and bunnies either. It's tough. It's not give your life to Jesus, you won't have any problems, because you will. Probably more problems. But it's a joy. Living your life for Jesus gives your life clarity. It gives your life purpose. It allows you to see yourself and to see the world around you in a completely new way. That's what God wants for us. He doesn't want us to walk around kind of blurry, needing, just not being able to see. Let Jesus touch your life, and if it takes two times, three times, a dozen times, it's worth it. And you too can have that clear spiritual vision that God wants you to have. But you have to be intentional about it. You have to want it. And that desire is all God needs. And he will come into your life. And you'll never go back. Let's pray.